Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. I'm possible. I'm possible. What if the impossible life is actually possible? What if it seems like the full abundant life that God has called us to is actually possible this morning? And so I, I want you to really dig into that today. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be starting in verse 12 this morning. And if you've got a Bible, then I, I, that's awesome. If you've got your U version, that's awesome. But why don't we just stand and honor God's re, uh, word this morning. Come on. We're going to read that together. Paul writes this. He says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead, turn to somebody as you're seated and, said, and say to them, I'm looking toward the future. I'm looking toward the future. You can have a seat. I want you to talk to me this morning. I want you to lean in to what God has to say to you today. The first thing that we see is Paul says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. And I think the first thing that we need to know about pursuing the impossible life is this. Pursue absolute fullness. If you're taking notes, write that down. Pursue absolute fullness with your life. How are you pursuing absolute fullness with your life? You see, we may not have attained it. But we are pursuing it. So every day I wake up and say, God, I don't know what today holds, but this is what I do know, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue absolute fullness today. So whatever is in my way, depression, you bow to the absolute fullness that is in God. Anxiety, you bow to the absolute fullness that is in God. My bank account, haha, you bow to the absolute fullness that is in God. Whatever it is in our lives, we want to pursue absolute fullness. What are you pursuing? Because I can tell you what you pursue, and everybody around you can tell you what you pursue. I can look at your life. I can look at your bank account, and that will tell me what you're pursuing. I can look at your free time, and that will tell me what you're pursuing. I can look at everything in your life, and you can tell me what you're pursuing. Like some of you in here, you're pursuing that relationship, right? And it's all about that relationship. It's all about that guy. It's all about that girl because when you meet that guy and you meet that girl, it's like when Matt met Lindsay, we're like, where did Matt go? I don't know. He's pursuing Lindsay. And it was a pursuit, right? You're like, I will go. And some of you men in here used to buy your wife flowers every day, and you haven't bought her flowers in the past three years. Go buy her some flowers. Come on. Because you stopped pursuing. When did you stop pursuing your spouse? What are you pursuing? 
in life. Paul says, I want to pursue absolute fullness. Do you really realize that there is a life where you can have absolute fullness? Because, see, some of us, man, this is how we live our lives. We're like, well, you know, man, I got a little bit of Jesus right there. I go on Sunday morning, look at this thing. This is some good Jesus right here. It's gone in five seconds after you walk out the door. But I pursued him. And then some of us are like, oh, well, you know, well, we'll just pursue Jesus. And, 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 and this is how I'm going to live my life, man. I'm just a, the, the glass is half full type of person. I mean, that's just the way it is, man. I mean, uh, there's going to be some goodness. There's going to be some fullness in my life. But it's just going to be half full because I'm never going to get to it on this side of heaven. Do you know that you're believing a lie from Satan when you say that? Because according to my Bible and according to what Paul is saying, he's saying that I can pursue a life of absolute fullness. That that means that the, according to the psalmist, that it says it is over full. It's filling to the brim. It's going, look at my life right here. You know, it, it's going, Jesus, I'm pursuing absolute fullness in my life. And everybody's going to know that my cup runneth over. Hello? This is the life. That he has called us to. It is a life of absolute fullness with our cup running over. Do we go into the office and people say, look at that person. They are full of something and it's not themselves. They are full of something that I need. They are full of patience. They are full of love. They are full of the fruits of the Spirit. They're not full of hatred and bitterness and anger and everything else. They are pursuing absolute fullness with their life. They are a person where the cup is full. This world needs some people that are living like this because it's got enough of the people that are walking around going, my, hat, my glass is just half full and it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be that way. I'm just learning to live with this. I'm just learning to live with this. I, I've just taken it in life. That's my lot. This is what God's given me. And so I'm just learning to live with it. No, 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 no. You need to learn that there is an absolute full life that God has for you. And, and he goes on to, to say this. He says, so I admit that I haven't acquired the absolute fullness, but I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to pursue it. But I run with passion into his abundance. Anybody ever go running lately? You're like, man, I haven't ran in years. The only time I'm going to run is when somebody's chasing in my rear end. Right? But you're still running after something. Just like I could look at your life and see what you're pursuing. I could also look at your life and seeing what you're running toward. But Paul says run with passion. Run with passion into his abundance, into Jesus' abundance for you, into God's abundance for you. Let me tell you something. Write this down. If you want to live an impossible life, then you have to pursue absolute fullness, and then you have to run with passion into abundance that comes from Christ. This isn't just any old abundance. This is abundance from Jesus himself. Jesus has abundance for you. Do you really believe that? What does our theology tell us about our belief in God? Is God just out to get you? Is God like, oh, I'm going to bless you once, but then tomorrow get ready because I'm going to ax that out of your life. See, here's what I know. 
And scripture attests to this. Jesus even says this too. But as a dad, I want good things for my kids. I want abundance for my kids. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to have to, you know, just um, totally go through life carefree, without any worries, with, without, without any problems, w- without any life lessons that they're going to learn because they're going to make choices, right? But at my heart, I want to look at my sons. I want to look at my daughter and go, all I want is goodness for you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to harm you. You think that God wants to intentionally harm you? You think that God intentionally wants to take you through something that is going to produce pain in your life? No. He may test you, but the test is only for your perseverance. Because what God wants for you is the goodness on the other side of your test. Do you know that? Some of you need to claim that what the locust has destroyed, that God will, dis- will restore in your life. And he says that whatever you have lost in this lifetime for him, you will gain it back 100-fold in this lifetime and also the next. Did you hear that? In this lifetime. Y'all going to talk to me or not? It's not just in heaven. It is in this lifetime. Whatever you sacrifice for me, whatever family member, whatever friendships you've ended, whatever has gone down in your life for the sake of the gospel, you can know that you will receive it a hundredfold in this lifetime and the next. I want fullness for you, child. I want goodness for you. That is what he wants for you. God only wants a full, abundant life for you. Or why else would he have sent Jesus? And why else would Jesus say that I have come to give you life and life to the full? Not just half of your cup. Not just this is my lot. But to give you life to the full. And so every morning, how do you wake up and you go, I got to run with passion towards Jesus towards abundance. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to run with passion toward abundance. I'm not going to run with passion just to my job. I'm not going to run with passion just to the relationship. I'm going to run with passion to Jesus. We run with passion into his abundance so that, somebody say so that. This is why we run with passion into abundance. So that I may reach the purpose, say purpose, that Jesus Christ has called me to, holla, to fulfill and wants me to discover. Now this is huge because this is the third thing about living the impossible life. I want you to write this down. We all have purpose. According to this verse, we all have purpose from Christ that he has called us to. And wants us to discover. So let me just wake you up for a minute. You that are sitting here today, you have purpose. Now, you ever had anybody in your life speak purpose over you? It's like a teacher, like a coach, a a guru, (laughs) whatever it is. Well, this is not just a teacher. This is not just a coach. This is not just a guru. This is not just your best friend. This is not just your, your, your family. This verse says that you have purpose from God. See, that's really good news because some of us have lost our purpose. 
Some of us don't feel like we have purpose. The, the depression will tell you that you don't have purpose. Anxiety will tell you that you don't have a purpose. The, the, you know, the, the, the devil will tell you that you don't have a purpose. There's people in your life that will even look at you and say, what purpose are you really serving on this earth? And when those lies come, you need to go back to this verse because you need to know that I have a purpose and it is from God. It is a God-given purpose. He designed you, you who are sitting in this room today with purpose, who has all the gifts, who has all the abilities. He has designed you with purpose, and he's picked up the phone, and he's going, hey, will you answer my call right now? Because I've got some purpose for you. I want to call you and tell you about that purpose. Will you answer my call? Hello, hello, hello. I'm ringing, I'm ringing, I'm ringing. And you know what you got to do? You got to silence all the distractions that are around you, because some of you don't know your purpose because you were distracted by all the noise. When is the last time that you just sat and waited on the Lord? I sit and wait for you, Lord, so that then I can hear your purpose, that you would speak into my life. And so that means that I get away from the distractions. I turn off the cell phone. I turn off uh, the, the, the counseling. I turn off every other thing. I'm not saying that you don't need counseling. I'm not saying that you don't need friends. I'm not saying that you don't need mentors. I'm not saying that you don't need sermons. I'm not saying that you don't need worship music. I'm not saying that you don't need any of those things. But what I am saying is that God wants to speak and call you and speak purpose into your life so that you can know and some of you need to turn the noise off so that you can hear the purpose so you can have the reception clear you can focus on the call that he's making for your life that he wants you to discover Come on. God's not out there going, <laughs> look at this. I got their purpose right here. It's with me. It's their precious purpose. Look, precious. It's so precious. It's their purpose. They don't know it. They're just lost. <laughs> That's what some of you think it is. You're like, God, show me my purpose. Why would you show me my purpose? You got it. You're holding out on me. No, 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 no. He says that he has called you. He's purposed you, he's called you, and he wants you to discover it. He wants you to discover it. He's not holding out purpose on you. He actually wants you to discover it, but you've got to get in sync with him to discover it. You've got to go, I, I want your purpose more than mine. Have you ever really even thought about that? Whose purpose are you seeking more in your life? Your purpose or God's? That's the reason why some of you are missing out on his purpose. And you're not fulfilling the call, the destiny that he has for you. Because you're so busy holding on to your purpose that you can't receive God's purpose. See, some of us, we have to be in a position to receive the purpose from God that he's called us to and he wants us to discover. And if we're going to live that I'm possible life, then we have to be running into the purpose that is from God, that he has called us to do, that he wants us to discover. But here's what he says. 
he wants us to discover. But Paul says, but I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. If whatever we've heard from God, the calling, the purpose on our life, if we can do it in our strength, then it's probably not what God has called you and purposed you to do. So I want you to think about your life right now. What are you pursuing that you go, man, I can just do that in my sleep. I'm so good at this. It's just so routine. Like, look at this, man. There's no skill. There's no anything else. And that doesn't mean that God hasn't given you something that you go, these are the natural giftings and abilities that align with the purpose of God, and I come alive when I do them, and it seems easy. But in reality, it's not. It may seem easy for me to get up here and speak a sermon, but can I tell you, like, the, the, the spiritual warfare that goes into creating this every single week? Can I tell you the spiritual warfare that's come against me and my mind and my family and all of these other things just because I've signed up for the purpose that God has for me? There's no way I could do this in my strength. It may be something that he has given me a natural ability or a natural lean toward, but there is no way that I could lead this church in my own strength. There's no way that I can do what I do in my own strength. There is no way that I can't do it because i got to get down on my knees and go, God, I am nothing without you. I have nothing to say without you speaking to me. I have nothing. It's bigger. What you want to do is bigger than anything I could ever accomplish in my own strength. But the problem with so much of Christianity today is that so many of us are not going after things that are bigger than our own strength. I want you to lean in for a moment. God has something bigger for you to be a part of. Do you know that? Do you know that? I want you to go home this week and I want you to think about what am I doing in my own strength? Because if I can do it in my own strength, it's probably not from God. It's probably not the real purpose that he's given me. And then I want you to go, God, Place what you want me to do, what you want me to go after that is so much bigger than me that then when it happens, guess who gets the glory for it? It ain't your ugly butt. Some of you are like, my butt is nice and I'm offended by that. Get over it, okay? It says, I will not fulfill what he has called us and purposes to do in our strength. However, I do have a compelling focus. However, there is one thing that I will do in all my strength. 
with all my heart and with all my mind and all of my soul. There's one thing that you are to get up every single morning and begin to have a compelling focus toward. Are you ready for this? There's one thing that you go, within my strength, within everything that was in me, because God has given you free will. Do you know that? God has given you free will on what you think about and what you don't think about. God has given you free will to do Basically, it's called um, uh, neuroplastic surgery in your mind every single day. You can be a neuroplastic surgeon in your mind every single day. How? By having a compelling focus to do this. Listen to what it says. To forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Satan wants to keep you stuck in your past. Satan wants to keep you stuck in your mistakes. Satan wants to keep you stuck in your negativity. Satan wants to keep you stuck in your mind and navel-gazing all of the time about you, 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 you. And Paul says, this is what I have learned. However, I don't do it in my own strength, but there is one thing that I will do in my strength. I have a compelling focus toward every single day that God has actually given. You see, some of you are waiting on deliverance, and you're not doing anything about it. You're just sitting there going, will you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me? And God's going, yeah, I want people to pray for you, but you know what I want you to do? I want you to pray for yourself. You know what I want you to do? I want you to go into your mind and realize that you are not your mind. That you can change your thought pattern. Because I've given you the ability ability to do something in your own strength and so it's going to be with that compelling focus that you wake up every morning and some of you go well I don't feel happy well guess what start acting the way you want to feel and see what happens start being thankful wake up every morning being thankful and watch some of the depression fall off of you watch some of the anxiety fall off with you Watch when you have a compelling focus to forget the past. You know what I love in the Old Testament is when God would take somebody through pain, they would then build a monument. They would be, begin to build an altar. This is where God had done something in the past. And every time that they would walk by that altar, they would remember what God had done. So some of you... God has freed you from something that was in your past. And so you know what you need to do? You just need to build an altar for that. And then you need to go, I will remember the purpose in my past, but I will no longer live in the pain. I will remember the purpose of my past. I will remember it. Like I remember when I was out in the desert, Jacob says, and, and I had an, uh, 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 just an encounter with Jesus. When I had an encounter with God, when I had an encounter with the heavenly, and I remember all the pain that was in my past back home with my brother and my dad and my family. But guess what? I am moving on, and I will choose no longer to live in the pain of my past. I will choose to live in the future that God has for me. That's where it's at. Stop living in the pain of your past. If the Bible is true, then God doesn't remember it. It says that your sins are as far as the east is 
from the West. When he looks at you, he's not going, yeah, but you know what? Mm. In the fifth grade, you know what you did. Last summer. Oh, yeah, you remember that? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. That's not the Holy Spirit. That is the devil. The Holy Spirit will convict, but will not condemn. Do you know that? Some of you, you want God to talk to you all the time, and it's just like all nice and flowers and roses, right? It's just like, oh, Sarah, you're so beautiful today. You're just my daughter. I love you so much. Mm-mm-mm. But then you're not listening for the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit. But then you sure are quick to go, God is condemning me. Oh, my gosh, look at that. He is, he's condemning me. He's making me remember all the. No, that is not of the Spirit. That is the enemy. That is the enemy. I love that Paul ends this verse with, he goes, I will forget all of the past. Now, think about that for a moment before we just move on. Paul killed, murdered, had people murdered, Christians. Now, to my knowledge, I don't know of anybody in here that's murdered anybody or had anybody killed. So if there was anybody that had a past, it's this guy that wrote half of the New Testament or more. And see, so he goes, on the days that the devil wants to condemn me, that I remember the absolute fullness that I've ran into. I remember that I'm running with passion toward my purpose, my God-given purpose that he has called me to do. And and, and I'm not going to do it in my own strength, but this one thing that I will do with having a compelling focus is that God has given me. God can't forget my past. That's why he says I've got to have a compelling focus to do it myself. And run, fasten my mind. Fasten my soul, fasten my body into the future, not just my heavenly future where it's all going to be praises, but into my earthly future where there's a hundredfold waiting on me. Can somebody say amen? Because that's where I want to live. So if you want to live that impossible life, then this is what you got to do. You have to have a heart fastened to the future. Have a heart fastened to the future. Here's why. I heard this said this week and I was like, that's so good, I've got to share it. And I want you to write this down. His future is worth your perseverance. His future for your life is worth your perseverance. It's worth all the pain. It's worth 
everything that you have done. His future, his beautiful future for your life is worth your perseverance. So we forget the past and we fasten our hearts to the future where he is and where he dwells. And that's how we will begin to live the impossible life, which in reality is I'm possible. So I want you to close your eyes today as the band comes back up here. I want you to think about your life. Are you pursuing absolute fullness? Or is your life, that cup, just half full? If that's you right now, I want you just to ask God to say, help me to see my life not as the glass is going to be half full any longer. Help me to step into that abundant, full life. Where in all things, my cup still runneth over. On all days, I'm still pursuing absolute fullness. So God, help me to run with passion into abundance because that's all you want for me is abundance. Forgive me when I have mistaken the voice of the enemy for your voice. Because I know that you want a life to the full for me. That you came so that I could have that life. God, help me to find your purpose to Limit the noise in my life to hear your call and for me to actually pick up your call. Because some of you, God's been calling you to tell you the purpose and you've been answering all the wrong phone calls. Pick up the phone, he says. I'm not hiding your purpose from you. I want you to discover it. But you've got to be willing to have a heart that would receive it. And you've got to give up your purpose for mine. So God challenged me to think about my life. Can I live my life in my own strength or do I need yours? And when it seems impossible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then it becomes I'm possible. All that past stuff that's in your life, say, God, give me a compelling focus. Compelling focus to forget the past. And God, I realize that that's something. 
that I partner with you in doing. And I will fasten my heart to the future instead. Fasten my heart to the future instead. Because your future is worth my perseverance. Your future for me, your future for my, my marriage, your future for my family, your future for my career, your future is worth my perseverance. The prayer team is going to be right up here. And maybe today you say, I, I, I need that impossible life. I want to live that I'm possible life. Well, the only way you're going to do that is if you begin a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to pray for you right now. But if you would like to enter into that type of life, just say this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I'm here. I need you. I want to give my life to you. I want to live for your purpose and your call that you want me to discover. I want to run with passion toward you and your ways every day of my life from this day on. Lead me and guide me. Into a life beyond my wildest imagination with you leading my life the rest of my days. Forgive me of my sin. And I run with my heart fastened to you and your future from this day on. From this day on.